the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Larry Rosenthal is a registered representative offering securities and advisory services through Satera Advisor Networks, LLC, a broker, dealer, and registered investment advisor, member FINRA SIPC. Satera is under separate ownership from Rosenthal Wealth Management Group. Rosenthal Wealth Management Group is located at 9265 Corporate Circle in Manassas, Virginia, and can be reached at 703-330-3100. Chris McKay is not affiliated with Satera Advisor Networks, LLC, nor Rosenthal Wealth Management Group. Bob Jones is an employee of Rosenthal Wealth Management Group and affiliated with Satira. It's time now for Making Money Sense, live with Larry Rosenthal. Larry is recognized as one of the nation's leading financial and retirement planners and is here to answer your questions right now. Author, speaker, and talk show host Larry Rosenthal is dedicated to teaching others financial stewardship from a biblical point of view. Call Larry now. Studio lines are open at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Making Money Sense is on the air. Welcome once again to the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. And here he is, Larry Rosenthal, as he is every time this Saturday morning, no matter where he's at, <laughs> live live here in the studio, kind of. Here's Larry. Welcome, Larry. Well, good morning. Well, good morning, Chris. And how are you today? So far, so good. I'm loving it. Loving to good, see you there, good. to see you all uh, smiling and enjoying your weekend, wherever you are. Absolutely, yeah. Just out of town, that's all. There you go. No worries. It's all good. We're still broadcasting, though, right? That's nice, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, hey, I'd like to welcome our longtime listeners on WAVA in D.C., Baltimore area, as well as our listeners on Sirius XM, Channel 131, Nationwide XM, Family Talk Radio Station, as well as our listeners on LarryRosenthal.tv on YouTube. You can check it out there. Just go to LarryRosenthal.tv. You can watch us uh you know, on, on, on video live, lots and lots of people are doing that more and more all the time. It's a lot of fun, and plus you can send in some chat questions, too, uh, which is always good. Yeah, so, good. Well, Chris, what happened this past week in the markets? What's going on? Wow, lots of information to talk about today, as there always is. There's mm-hmm. always, you know, just a truckload of it to, to go over with the economy and the markets and financial planning, retirement planning, strategies, new tax rules, uh, just all kinds of stuff that are happening. So... You know, this past week we had a major event economically, domestically here uh, take place, and that was the Fed has actually made it official now. We all knew it was coming, but they have made it official now. We have officially changed monetary policy in the U.S. Uh, to more of a tightening cycle, meaning that the Fed is going to attempt, and they probably will succeed in slowing down the economy in order to curtail the the pressures of inflation. In other words, they want to bring inflation, they want to slow the economy enough that it starts to um, slow the pace of price uh, rate of, of price hikes 
to moderate it and then eventually have a cascade down without slowing down the economy too much that pushes us into a recession. That's the big question here. So we received a 25 basis point or 0.25 of 1% rate hike the other day. And then, you know, everybody's listening to what the the Fed has to say about this going forward because, you know, the old adage on Wall Street, don't fight the Fed. Is it different this time or is it going to be the same historical thing? Remember, history doesn't repeat, but it rhymes, right? It rhymes very closely <laughs> on Wall Street, yeah. all right? That's for, that's for sure. So, so what does this mean going forward to you with your retirement plans, your college funding programs, you know, your, your mortgage interest rates, uh, housing prices? What, what is all this going to play out? How will it play out? When will it play out? You know, well, the Fed came out pretty much and said the other day, look, you know, it, it, we, we see inflation. It's here. It's much more persistent than we had originally thought it was going to be, so they're taking action now. One of the statements that they did stay was we're, we're looking at an estimate of six more uh, uh, meetings this year, and we could get a rate hike at each meeting as far as that goes. Now, some of the uh, Fed officials just wanted to vote on a 50 basis point rate hike the other day, but it ended up being 25. So that tells me that there's some appetite for the Fed to continue to raise rates going forward. And they were pretty clear that if inflation still does not get put in check, and we'll go over some factors about that here soon, that they would not be opposed to to giving us a higher rate hike uh, versus 25 basis points and things like that. So, um you know the the the, uh, uh, the 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 economy has changed. The Fed is reacting, and they're doing their job right. One of the things that the Fed pointed out here was the labor market is is a little tight, and and that is con- going to continue to put pressure on wages going up. So we've got a lot of things happening. Um, what's going to happen with oil? You know, the price of energy going forward with uh, Russia's invasion of Ukraine. You know, these types of of, uh, uh, events are shocks to the economy, which we're going to go over here in just a little bit. They're shocks to the economy, uh, geopolitical risk. But what type of economic fallout do they have? Has oil been bid up too much? Um, in, in an over-exaggeration move, or is it going to come back down, or is it going to sustain its higher prices? You know, <clears throat> one of the things that could really help the Fed is, is kind of a double-edged sword here, is if oil continues to, to rise, that's going to give us demand destruction in the economy. What I mean by that is that when energy prices continue to rise, and energy touches pretty much everything, right? So that's going to create people to say, hey, I got more pain at the pump, therefore I'm not spending in other areas. And then, boom, all of a sudden we start to see uh, prices moderate a little bit. Now, it doesn't happen that quick. It takes months for this stuff to work its way in. But at the same time, that will put the Fed in a position where they're not going to have to raise rates as aggressively. Uh, But, you know, at the same time, we do want to see energy prices come back down. There's really nothing wrong with some rate hikes. We can afford it. The economy's uh, uh, strong. Um, You know, the savings rate is very, very strong. And Powell also pointed out the other day in his speech, too, that that as a result of Ukraine uh, being invaded by Russia, it's putting sort of more questions on the um, uh, 
rebalancing or, or not rebalancing, but the fixing of supply chains around the globe. So, so there's a lot going on with all of this. What does this mean for you? How does this play out into your investments uh, and things like that? Well, we're going to go ahead and, and, and uh, talk a lot about that this morning with it all. But first, let me go ahead and bring some callers on the line here. Let's, uh, let's welcome Sean on the line from Texas. Good morning, Sean. How are you today? Oh, you there, Sean? I think he's listening, listening on his radio. That's the problem. Yeah, let me right put now. him back on hold, Chris, and then we'll just uh, see what's going on there. Okay, uh, sure. Yep, yep. So, you know, the, 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 what does this mean? You know, you're starting to see more and more people, you know, on, on business channels talking about, you know, pending recession, recession, opportun- uh, recession uh, is imminent and things like that. No, 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 not at all. You know, when you take a look at where our economy is and, and still how loose and accommodative the Fed is with its interest rates, what they're simply pointing out is this, is, is history has shown in most, not all, but in most past recessions, when we've had a recession, one of the components of that recession is a Fed that's been too tight. In other words, that the Fed has continued to raise interest rates and tighten down the economy just prior to us tipping into a recession. Historically, that's been the case here. Will that happen this time? What are the factors going into this particular rate hike versus other particular rate hikes? We've had a shock to the system instead of just, you know, a lot of things are different, but, but still, it's still too early to tell. The, the Fed is going to try and, and you know, sort of uh, thread the needle with slowing the economy and without tipping us into a recession. And so during this period of time when we have economic change, is he back on the line here? Yep, he's ready. Yep, Sean. Yes, sir. Hello, let's welcome Sean to the show. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. Thanks for taking my call. Sure, how can I help you? Well, I recently came uh, to a uh, settlement uh, from a, a personal injury from a car crash. It's going to be about 18500 and I'm trying to figure out how I can take this and make it a life pivot point because you don't usually get checks of this size, at least, you know, from my life and, and the, my friends. We usually don't have these things happen. And I don't want it to be a missed opportunity that I look back on later and say, wow, I really could have. I could have grown that into some wealth, you know, some generational changing wealth or something, you know. So that's what I'm calling is, you know, basically say, what should I do with this? I, I don't have much personal debt. I mean, my first inclination was pay down on my personal debt. I basically just owe on a on a vehicle, and it's about uh, 24000 that I owe. Um, I'm making regular payments on, you know, my car payments, so there's no trouble there. Um, and... Uh, and I live in an apartment. Uh, I go to college full time. I work nights as a police officer. I live on the campus at the college, and uh, living there is pretty inexpensive, so I can afford that. I'm not really in a financial bind, but I, at age 53, I want to say, hey, you know, I've got another, you know, 20, 30 years left. Um, and should I, uh, what should I do with this to make it instead of, you know, leaving it as it is? What should I do to make this grow? And I mean, grow substantially. I've, I've had some opportunities in life to work around some people that are very wealthy and saw how they went from literally uh, being a welder in West Texas or the son of a welder in West Texas, now the guy's a billionaire. I've seen other folks that have taken some very modest seeds and where they started in life and they've become, you know, very wealthy. But, you know, they maintain their walk with God the whole way. 
And uh, that's what I'd like to do. I'd like to say, how can I take this and make it a life pivot point? Well, Sean, that's the exact key with what you said. You hit the nail right on the head there is maintaining your relationship with the Lord, right, and keeping him first and foremost, not money, not the desire for wealth and things like that. So here's what we need to do sort of back up and answer that question is we need to draw a line in the sand and see where you are right now, okay? Uh, you've given me a little right. bit of a clue as to to your age, your 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 debt, and things like that. And so, so what we want to do is we want to say, well, how can we best employ this new money into your situation to make it grow to accomplish your objectives? Um, you know, the calculator, real quick, is probably going to tell you don't pay down your your car loan because that's simple interest on a declining balance. And if you invest your money, it's compound interest on appreciating sums. The calculator will point out to you that, that it's best to, to make your payments over time on your debt and invest money ahead of time. Uh, but at the same time, we need to take a look at your cash flow, your desires, and stuff like that. And the best thing that we need to do is sort of, I'm going to send you out our financial planning toolkit because this is going to get you started down the road of, of accomplishing this. At some point, you said 20 years plus or minus whatever it is, you're going to want to pull that retirement lever, right? And at that particular point, we need to make sure that you have enough income coming in through Social Security, maybe a pension, and investment savings interest to sustain your standard of living on your estimated expenses at that point. And that's what our financial planning toolkit is going to do. It's essentially going to draw a line in the sand for you and say, hey, if I keep doing what I've been doing, where am I going to be down the road? And that's what this is going to enable us to do for you. So I want to, I want to put you back on hold, Sean. We're going to have uh, Bob get your information, and we'll send you out our financial planning toolkit and have someone give you a follow-up ring to get you sort of started on this and guided down the path. Because, like you said, you know, these opportunities don't come along too often, and we want to make sure that this money is employed in your situation that's best for your goals, whether it's short-term or long-term. And who knows, maybe it, maybe it will end up being, you know, pay off the car, and then start saving the money each month. So, so there's a lot to be just, you know, unpacked in your situation. That's the best way that we can go about doing it. How's that sound? All right, then. Hey, Sean, thanks right. for your service as a law enforcement officer. We really appreciate yep. that. I was just going to say, yep. yep, thank you very much, sir. Appreciate your work. Let me put them on hold here, Sean, and Bob will get your information. Appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. So, so you know, not, not, you know does a, again, I was talking about, does a rate hike mean that we're going to walk right into a recession? And no, not necessarily. If the economy gets too tight too quick, then that could stall us so much that we go into a recession. Uh, but, you know, can the Fed navigate it? And that's what the Fed's mission is at this particular point. You know, if, if, if things at some point down the road, and, and again, our hearts go out to everyone involved over there in, you, in the uh, attack on Ukraine. I mean, it's just horrible, you know. And, and if, if at some point the financial shock of energy starts to pull back, a little bit, or because the consumers start to pull back a little bit, we could see prices of energy drop. We've seen very volatile prices the last several days, right? Good news there, prices drop, you know, and things like that back and forth. So so that can help with to alleviate some of the inflation pressures. And so we're going to have to wait and see exactly how this moves, uh, you know, across the screen, if you will, on, on you know, going on a going go, go forward basis to, to everything. Uh, so pretty optimistic, 
where we you know with the, with the the language that the Fed used the other day as far as where they are now, and it was very interesting. I you know did a lot of reading this week, a lot of listening, a lot of talking, a lot of interviewing and stuff, and and uh, everybody's all over the map on this, you know. And and bottom line is this: is we need to make sure that our portfolios are balanced in this new monetary environment, and that's what we're going to talk about here right after the break. So, hey, it's Open Mic Saturday. You're listening to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal's show. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. With any of your questions on what's going on with, with inflation, with your retirement plans, we're going to talk about your bond investments today and the do's and don'ts of bonds inside of a rate cycle. So it's Open Mic Saturday. Give us a ring with any questions at all. 855-ROSE-123. You're listening to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal, and we'll be back in a moment. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. There are still too many countries that give little or no assistance to disabled children. In third world nations, these children could be left alone while parents try to eke out a living. About 10 years ago, residents of Prince William and Fauquier counties in Virginia formed Children with Disabilities Fund International. It focuses on the needs of disabled children. CDFI's current work in Jamaica and Kenya supports about 300 disabled children and their families. For some of these children, they're getting the care they need for the first time in their lives. CDFI recently began an individual child sponsorship program in an effort to better meet the needs of these disabled children. To choose your child to sponsor, go to thecdfi.org. That's thecdfi.org. Your gift will help transform not only a disabled child's life, but the lives of their parents and of the surrounding community. Go to thecdfi.org. Make a difference. Go to thecdfi.org. Delivering sound financial advice you can depend on. You found the Larry Rosenthal Show. Call now with your questions, 855-767-3123, or stop by LarryRosenthal.com. This is the Larry Rosenthal Show. Welcome back to the Larry Rosenthal Show, 855-767-3123 is the phone number to call. That's 855-ROSE-123 to talk to Larry Rosenthal, who is here in studio with us here today. Larry. Sure, Chris. Let's welcome Richie on the line. Good morning, Richie. How are you today? I'm fine. How about you? I'm doing well. How can I help you, sir? Well, I'd like to disagree with you. Uh, I believe we're going to have a recession, but, you know, I'm not as well-schooled in finances as you are probably, but uh, I'd like to make a couple points, and then you can tell me where, what maybe I'm missing out on, all right? Sure. I, well, I, I first, first of all, though, I, I, I didn't say we. I, first of all, I didn't say we're gonna have one or we're not gonna have one. I'm just laying it out as to the path we're walking down, but we're not there. But go ahead. 
Well, the first thing is we have a government that, you know, just absolutely against uh, businesses. you agree with me? I think that some of the fiscal policies are not as pro-growth as they have been in the past, yes. Well, like just for one example, you know, uh, well, the first thing I'd, I'd like to say to you is, you know, I've noticed over my lifetime that people always want to tell you how to, you know, make money, but when you look at them, they, they don't have anything. So I kind of correlate that to the government. They always want to tell you how to run their business, your business, and they've never run a business. Well, Richie, I, I think that and, I think that um, um, definitely wise counsel is is very very good. And there's an old adage that those who can't teach, and you need to get your advice and your 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 um, information from people that are actually doing it, that are on, out on the front lines. You know, and if you're listening to to politicians over the years, as I think you're alluding to, talking about do this, that, and the other, they're not running businesses. They might not be managing money. You know, that, those types of things. So, so when it comes to understanding the economy and how bonds and stocks and cash react, you have to take a look at monetary policy, which is what the Fed is doing. So on one side of the street, you've got monetary policy, which is, you know, what is the Federal Reserve doing? They have a few mandates, and, and one of them is price stability, and the other one is maximum employment. Now, both of those things sort of fight and push and pull against each other. Um, and right now, what you're seeing is you're seeing maximum employment numbers that are out, but price stability is not there. So now the Fed's going to start to react to the inflationary pressures we have. The cause of those this time are a certain set of circumstances in the past. We've had different causes that have triggered inflation over the past, which sometimes responds for different monetary policy reaction to certain things. Then on the other side of the House, you've got fiscal policy, which is White House and, and Congress, tax and spend type policy there. And sometimes those policies, again, push and pull against monetary policy. But at the end of the day, what you sort of have to do is take a look at reading the tea leaves and say, okay, what's going on? What's the backdrop of the economy? Is the economy expanding or is it contracting? Because it only does two things. It either expands or contracts. And, and at what pace is it doing either one of those? How is the expansion or contraction going to dictate to the Fed what to do about loose or tighter monetary policy? And then how is that policy going to have an effect on cash, bonds, and stocks? And there's always an opportunity there to understand how those things play out. Now, some of the tricks with all of this is, you know, do you, when you hear a set of bad news, do you immediately run to the sideline and sell everything you have? Or do you simply turn back around and say, wait a minute here, you know, I really liked my stocks three months ago when they were at a higher price. Today, there's really nothing wrong with the same companies. They're just more attractively priced today. And so you have to work your way through and say, you know, during times of economic slowdown, you know, the economy is ex expanding and is very strong, so the Fed's tapping the brakes. So what does that tell us then as far as the stocks that we own? We need to have strong balance sheets and not what I would call some of your fringe-type stocks that are very, very volatile and get whipsawed when you have a, a change in monetary policy this way. So I think a lot of what you, you need to consider is where, do, um, where does one get their information 
to to apply all of this. And I will tell you this: if you really want to get the facts and just the bottom line facts, then go on go on the internet and Google economic calendar. The economic calendar is the government numbers that come out every day. You know, consumer price, wages, um, uh, you know, what, whatever it may be, and then take a look at corporate earnings and put those two sets of reports together each day. That's going to give you the backdrop of where the economy is, the strengths of the economy, or the weaknesses of the economy, how different sectors are going to react to monetary and sometimes fiscal policy as well. So that's kind of what I would say as far as going in on that, on all of that. Richie, if you like, I'll go ahead and put you on hold, and we'll be happy to send you out our financial planning toolkit and um, get you started on on maybe taking a look at the investment allocations that you may have and and things of that nature. So I appreciate the phone call. Thank you very much. You're listening to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. No holds barred today. It's open mic Saturday. Give us a call with any of your financial planning or investment questions. Let's welcome Al on the line from Alabama. Good morning, Al. How are you? Good morning, sir. Great. Got a question for you concerning annuities. Um, okay. I, my uh, financial advisor uh, has suggested that I move some money into annuity for short term. I don't want to get tied up for 10, 15, 20 years. But um, I was looking at the possibility of moving some money into annuity. He's, uh, I think, is offering like 5.5%, and he told me it does not. One of my concerns was what is the penalty if I put the money there and decide to move it out in a year or, or, or something along that line? What's the penalty? There's no penalty involved. So and, so you're getting um, a, a an annuity today. You're being offered an annuity today at 5.75% interest, and there's no penalty to withdraw the money the next month, right? That's what you're telling me? Uh, pretty much the way he explained. I only talked to him briefly on the phone. We didn't go into a long you know, detail, give me all the all the all the information. Because when he was telling me that, I was saying, "Well, I'm definitely going to call Larry's program and get his advice." Well, I appreciate that, um, Al. I I do not know of an annuity, okay, that will give you liquidity and five and a quarter percent interest rate when the Fed's rate is at point two five. What is what is driving that interest rate return? And most annuities, okay, are not designed for short term. They're designed for longer term. And the primary investment objective of annuities is at some point down the road to deliver a minimum guaranteed income benefit for you and your family, your spouse, whatever the case may be. Um, so, so they're really not viewed as a short term vehicle. Now. Um, I, I, I would have to really see the literature that you're looking at today in order to see this five and a quarter percent or five and three quarters, I forgot what you said, interest rate uh, inside an annuity that's liquid that you can put money in now and three months from now pull it out with no penalties. Most annuities carry a back-end type of a penalty to um, where you put the money in, and for sometimes it's three, sometimes five, sometimes seven years, there's a penalty to withdraw more than 10% is, is how the generic garden variety contract usually works, okay? Uh, but if you uh-huh. want, I'd be happy to, to take a look at it for If you want to email it up to us, I'll, I'll put you on hold, and Bob will get your information. If you want to send it up, we'll give you a second set of eyes on it and maybe a phone call about it, okay? Okay. It was He, it, he called it a Lincoln annuity. Was it a linked annuity or a or or a company Lincoln? Uh, I think it's the company Lincoln. 
Yeah, I, I don't know. There's there's so many good companies out there that offer such good products. Like I said, I just am not aware of one that gives you complete liquidity and five and three quarters percent interest today. Okay. Uh, I'd like to okay. see that, though. <laughs> I definitely would, uh, we, you know, without a doubt. I mean, that would be a great alternative to cash, wouldn't it? I mean, think about it. You know, what's the bank paying versus now I've got money in a, in a, in a, in a you know, in, in a position like that. So, yeah, I'd like to take a look at it. Let me put you on hold, Al, and we'll have uh, Bob get your information, and we'll have someone uh, do a deep dive for you on this next week. Appreciate the phone call. You listen to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring, 855-ROSE-123. That's 855 855- Seven six seven three one two three. You know that that that's a uh, a a good lesson into. Let's go take a look at at some of the solutions out there, and and I guess we should we should back it up and really talk about the questions. Whatever you want to do, in most cases with your money, there's usually a solution for it. We just have to get educated on it, you know. And in this case. You know, you're talking about an annuity. What's the investment objective of an annuity? What types of annuities are there? You know, there's three broad categories. There's there's fixed annuities. There's indexed annuities, market-linked type annuities, variable annuities. They all have different bells and whistles to them, and they all drive a – they all have a different lane of traffic to drive your rate of return. Some of them are just pretty much fixed interest uh, investments. Some of them have sub-accounts that act like mutual funds that go up and down with the markets, and pretty much everything in between there for from a total allocation perspective. Some writers and such, too, right? Don't they have writers to them as well? Yeah, there's there's bells and whistles that you can attach to the annuities, Chris, and they are called riders. You're correct. And and what that means is, like, if suppose you put $250,000 into an annuity, and and the market goes down, you know, 10% or something. So so now there's 200,000 roughly inside the annuity and and your 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 uh uh it it's your time to to say, "Hey, I want to start pulling income out," right? Mm-hmm. Well, you could have a a rider that says, "Well, even though the market's down, your income base is still going to be based off that 250 level or possibly even higher." So those are riders what you're talking about. And they cost money too. Mm-hmm. There's fees added uh, in in for those. But but my point is this: is is you always want to be getting educated, and you always want to be looking at different investment vehicles, different investment solutions, different investment products to carry your assets forward. You know, mutual funds, ETFs, ETMs, UITs, annuities, uh, options. You know, just all different types of of uh, REITs, public private, you know, all different types of programs out there of product mixture that you can use to 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 uh, invest your money, you know. There's no perfect investment out there. They all have pros and cons to them. And you, you would to have told me if there was, exactly right? What it is. If there I would have told you a long time ago, Chris. <laughs> Actually, Chris, the entire world knows and we all have the perfect investment, but, <laughs> but we I haven't let know. you in on the secret yet. Right? Very good. Very good. <laughs> How's that? There you How's go. that? Hey, I see it's the bottom of the hour. We've got to take a quick break here. Hey, let's keep our phone lines open. Give us a call today with any of your investment, financial planning, economic, recession, yes or no questions, whatever's on your mind, give us a call at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. You're listening to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal, and we'll be back in a moment.
listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. And here's another Money Minute with Larry Rosenthal. So many different ways to invest money. Lump sum deposits, buy and hold, market timing. How about dollar cost averaging? Put the same amount of money into the same investment at every interval, whether it's monthly, quarterly, annually, whatever it may be. This gives you the greatest opportunity to get the average price over the long term of the investment because one of the secrets to creating wealth is the acquisition of shares. You want to keep buying more and more shares over time. On the flip side, when you're in your retirement years and you want to distribute dollars to yourself for income, do the same thing in reverse. Dollar cost average out during your retirement years. Nationwide and coast to coast from sea to shining sea. Call now, 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. Live from the nation's capital, this is the Larry Rosenthal Show. Welcome back to the Larry Rosenthal Show. If you'd like to dial in, we have some lines available for you, 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE-123, to talk to Larry Rosenthal, our financial and retirement expert here in studio with us today. Larry? Sure, Chris. Let's welcome Cave on the line. Good morning, Cave. How are you? Is it Cobb? Or Kay. Kay, I think, yeah. Hey, Kay. Okay. I'm sorry. i uh, I got a typo here Hello? on my screen. Good morning, Kay. How are you? Hello? Hello? Yeah, we got yes. you. Go ahead. How can I help you? Oh, okay. I was trying to switch it from my from my radio to my phone. Um, yeah, my husband is retired, and he has two regular IRA CDs. We have two of them, both over $20,000. And um, so when we do his mandatory withdrawal, is it better to take it out of the same CD every year, or should we alternate as far as what little bit of interest we make on the CD anyway? So, Kay, the answer is that's really a year-by-year decision. You know, the, the you just have to you just have to take enough out aggregately from all of them in order to satisfy the total withdrawal request for your required minimum distribution. So, it depends on what they're invested in. And some years you might want to take it out of investment A, some years investment B, or some years a combination of both of them. It just depends on what's inside of them there. So I, I would, yeah, I would take the money out of the account that's earning the least interest. Okay, well, they, I bought them at the same time, so so the one with the least balance, lowest balance, would have the least interest, right? And well, yeah, if they're both saying, if they're both earning the same interest, and then the, the one with the lowest balance, I would take it out of correct because that's you're going to get the lowest physical dollar put okay. back in. Yep, that's the one that I would okay. take it out of definitely. Just take it out of the same one every Yes, yes, that's, correct. That's correct. Okay. And, and, you know, yeah. if you don't need the money, the bank should be able to move it over to another account for you. They should be able to just to pull it out, satisfy the RMD, and, and move it over as well. 
Right. Okay. Yeah, we just put it to a, another account or another CD in the um, in the credit union because okay. And then yeah, if you're not needing the money, here's also an, another scenario for you to do as well. If you're not needing to live off of that money, Kay. Um, and you make charitable de- do, uh, de- you know, de- donations each year, maybe you tithe or, or give donations or whatever it may be, you can do a, a qualified charitable deduction, uh, a, a, Q- a QDC, um, which gives you um, the ability for the bank to take your RMD payment and move it directly to the charity. Okay, And then that way you're giving the charity... If you think about it, if you take your RMD and you put it in your pocket, you have to pay taxes on it, right? But this way it enables you to give the taxable money to the charity who then can take it completely tax-free. So you might want to explore that. If you want some information on that, then I'll be happy to send it out to you next week, okay? But uh, qualified. Uh, We're kind of figured out how to do that. That sounds like a good idea. Yep, it's a very good idea. I'll 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 I'll, uh, I'll send you out the whole the whole kid on it all. So appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Give us a ring eight five five Rose one two three. That's eight five five seven six seven three one two three. With any of your financial planning or investment questions, questions on retirement distributions, questions on on the economy, your 401k plans, pensions, insurance, mortgages, real estate, whatever the question may be today, give us a call, 855-ROSE-123. Also, go visit my website, LarryRosenthal.com. We had a lot of people recently sign up for our newsletter. There's no cost for it, and we send out a weekly market commentary that's very timely on all of uh, you know the, the action that's going on in the markets and the economy and stuff like that, too, you know. And and speaking of this, you know, I wanted to talk a little bit today about the difference between value investing and growth investing. You know, where should we be positioned now when it comes to our equities? Where should we be positioned now when it comes to our bonds and things like that? Let's talk about the equities right now. For the last several years, the growth side of the marketplace, you know, when you take a look at the difference between growth and value, you know, a growth type of an investment is an investment where the the stock is is the company's uh, expanding a lot. They're not paying dividends, if any at all, very little. They're plowing more and they're more money back in, and and they they tend to have a higher PE ratio. In other words, they tend to be overpriced a little bit, but that's because they're commanding a demand premium because the stock is growing, growing, growing. Maybe they have a new product, a new contract, a new new technology, whatever it may be. It's just off and running. It's a growth type of a stock versus a value type of a stock, which is, you know, it has more of an attractive fundamental price. Um, you know, it's, it's not growing as much. It usually pays dividends, things like that. In the environment that we've been in the last several years, the growth side of the market has pretty much outpaced the value side of the market. And we started to see a little bit of a shift happening last year. It happened twice last year in 2021 and failed both times. The question is, is it's happening now. Will it fail again? And what I mean by that is this, is in times of inflationary pressures, your growth-oriented stocks tend to not perform as well as your value-oriented stocks. So last year in 2021, we saw this approach twice, and it failed, where value stocks took off, did well, growth stocks lagged, and then they switched back, and that happened twice last year. And they also, they 
basically almost tied at the end of the year last year, which was kind of a very interesting observation. This year so far, growth stocks have lagged a little bit of your value stocks, but now we're starting to see them come back. Why are we starting to see them come back? What does that mean? So the reason that we started seeing them come back, and we're not out of the woods by any means at all. We still feel that the markets are going to be choppy for another several weeks and probably end up doing a little bit better the second half of this year than they are right now. So, And that's a whole other story. But, but my point is this, is during a, a, a time when inflation is rising and the Fed is raising interest rates and tightening down the economy to beat back inflation a little bit, you've got two types of growth-oriented stocks. You've got your growth-oriented stocks that that are more of the uh, uh, very big, strong balance sheets, have real products, real customers, real, you know, real earnings, that type of stuff, versus your more startup-type programs. Those types of programs are probably not going to do as well in this type of an environment, whereas your rock-solid, big balance sheet uh, stocks will probably do a little bit better. So, so when you take a look at, at the last several years, most allocations have been more towards the growth side. Today, most allocations are more towards a balanced type of, a, they call it a blend approach, where you have some value positions on the equity side and you have some growth positions on the equity side, sort of blending together both. Because when you stop and you take a look at this, you have to ask the question, Will this inflation, will the Fed tightening cycle that we're in now continue forever? And the answer is no, it won't. And so you don't want to leave some of the positions that are going to rebound and do better down the road. You want to have a blend mix right now but not give up. On, on some of your more growth-oriented positions, because you need money 5 and 10 and 15 and 30 years down the road, right? No matter what, even if you're 65, you still need money 25 years down the road, right, when you're 90, right? You know, and, and so that, that brings us to something that we talked about a little bit last week in a, in a webinar that we did. You know, if you stayed invested from, from 20, 2002 through, through the end of 2021, those 20 years right there, the S&P did 9.52% return. And during those 20-year periods of time, if you had just missed the 10 best days, your return would be 5.33%. And then if you missed the 20 best days, it's 2.63%. And that's why it's important to rebalance and reallocate it, but stay invested in the plan. And one of the things you can do, go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com, and click on the front page right there. You'll see a video. It's about 90 seconds long. That demonstrates pretty much how a properly structured financial plan should look and act, right? And during times like this, when the markets are, are under pressure, again, for whatever reasons, you want to go back and refer to your financial plan. Hey, you know what? The market was 10% higher you know, or 15% higher or whatever it was five months ago. Now it's lower. How does my financial plan look? Is it holding up underneath this stress? Right. That's what you want to take a look at from, from that per particular standpoint of 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 uh, performance. Right. That's what you really need to, to 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 boil things down to when it all comes to that. I also mentioned that we wanted to talk a little bit about um, uh, the bond allocations these days. You know, we, we've got cash. We've in broad categories, really cash stocks and bonds. We talked a little bit here about stocks being more of a blend mix today, some value, some growth. Now we need to talk about bonds, okay? Um, where, where, where should we be allocating bonds in a rising interest rate environment? You know, usually when, when uh, interest rates go up, bond prices tend to drop, right? 
and and there's two sides to the bond street. One side is just what I talked about. It's called duration risk or or, or uh, interest rate sensitive bonds. Interest rates go up, bond prices go down, and that's what's happening now in a lot of bonds. On the other hand, there are also other bonds out there, sort of the other side of the bond street, if you will. Um, um, that that when interest rates go up due to an expanding e- economy, those bond prices tend to rise over time as well. Plus, they get a little bit higher yield. So what side of the bond street are your bonds on right now? If you have questions on that or you want to get that, that analyzed, give us a ring, 855-ROSE-123. But we're talking about senior bond, senior, senior floating rate bond funds in a rising interest rate environment. Let's welcome Donna on the line. Good morning, Donna. How are you? Good morning. I'm fine, Larry. Thank you for taking the call. My question is, um, I'm going to be 71 and soon, and I wondered, and I'm working full-time. Can I plan on working full-time for another three years? Do I still need to take out withdrawals on my at the time of I turn 72? So I, 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 let me repeat the question. You were breaking up a little bit, but you're still working. When you're 72, do you still have to take out your required minimum distribution? The answer is yes and no from other places. But if you are if you have an IRA, like at the bank or something, yes. But the money that's in your 401K plan, no, you don't have to take it out if you're still putting money into it. Okay? Perfect. That was so my that, only question. Thank you very much. Absolutely. I'll send you some info out on that if you like, but also verify with your tax preparer, okay? Make sure everything's correct on that, all right? But uh, I'm pretty sure uh, that's 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 the deal there. So I'll put you on hold, Donna, and we'll have Bob send you out some information on required minimum distributions while you're working, uh, and also some things that you can be looking at, too, you know, it, at, at that stage as far as uh, required minimum distributions go. So appreciate the phone call. You listen to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Um, Chris, I think we've got to do one more break here. So let's, uh, uh, let's go ahead and do that real quick. We'll keep the phone lines open. Again, it's Open Mic Saturday. We're bouncing all over the place. I love it. we got annuities, recession, Fed, RMDs, IRAs, all kinds of things. Give us a call with any of your questions at all. 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. You're listening to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. And here's another Money Minute with Larry Rosenthal. We've all heard the more risk you get, the more opportunity there is for growth in returns in your investments. However, can you have too much risk in your investments so that you get diminishing returns? You can only water ski behind one boat at a time. Make sure your risk-adjusted return is aligned with your investment objectives. sound financial advice you can depend on. You found the Larry Rosenthal Show. Call now with your questions, 855-767-3123, or stop by LarryRosenthal.com. This is the Larry Rosenthal Show. 
Glad you're joining us. 855-767-3123 is a phone number that you can call right now if you'd like to talk to Larry Rosenthal. We do have some lines available for you here in studio for those phone calls. Please give us a call. 855-767-3123. Larry. Yeah, Chris. So we were just very quickly talking about bonds real quick in a rising interest rate environment. You know, what's the primary investment objective of bonds? And the primary investment objective of bonds is to deliver income and have sort of some ballast in your portfolio to sort of stave down the volatility, if you will, right? So that's kind of what, what's been, uh, uh, you know, that's, the, the again, the investment objective of them. So, so when you take a look now at a rising interest rate environment, um, there's the type of bonds that are out there that actually do better. They're called credit risk bonds. They have credit risk. In other words, when the economy is expanding, those are the types of bonds you'd like to be in versus when the economy is contracting, you don't want to be there. And those are called bank loan type bonds and stuff like that. Another way that, that someone can, can still get interest in their bonds without um, losing principal, in other words, when interest rates rise and bond prices drop, you can do what's called a laddering bond portfolio, where you buy individual bonds and hold them to maturity. You stagger them out. Maybe one matures in three months, nine months, 15 months, 22 months, things like that. That way, you you sort of always have stuff coming due to get the prevailing current interest rate at the particular time. So so when you're looking at at, uh, the types of bonds, that's what you really want to be... uh, you know, talking about as far as the allocation goes based off of what the Fed is really doing. So let's welcome Robin on the line from Ohio. Good morning, Robin. How are you? Good morning. I'm fine. How are you? I'm well. How can I help you today? Uh, my husband is retired. Uh, he's 63. I'm 51. And I'm still working. And we have a house and we have a rental house, a rental property as well. What we'd like to do is we're wondering if we should take out money now as a cash-out refi to put towards our forever home on both of the properties that we have. We have a lot of equity. We have uh, over $100,000 on each property, and wondering if we should do that before the rates change. Robin, what would be the purpose of your refi cash-out? What do you want to do with the money? properties we have now pays the mortgage on both properties that we own. What we would like to do is take the second property, turn that into a rental as well. Uh, But our intention is to buy a forever home uh, that's a a more expensive house than what we're living in in now. So you want to take, you want to, you want to do a refi cash out on two properties and then take that equity and buy yes, your forever equity. home? Yes, sir. Okay, while, so... While so rates are still low. We're wondering if that's a good move or not. Well, so am I, actually. And, and here's the math on this, okay? First of all, uh, per, pretend you're in your forever home right now, and now you have these, t- without doing this refi cash out, and now you have these two rental properties that are paying you positive cash flow each month. Wouldn't that be a nice scenario to look at? I think it would be. 
versus taking a look right. at because because that those extra cash flows that are coming in, you can accelerate down the mortgage balance on the two rental properties so that ultimately you get a whole lot of free cash flow each month. Or right now you could take that excess positive cash flow that they're paying you and apply it towards your mortgage payment in your forever home as well. So we've got to run the math that way plus Taking And then the other side of the coin is to take a look at doing the refi cash out that you just talked about, because one, one of the things for sure is your maintenance cost, your insurance, taxes, things like that will always go up on your rental properties. So if you pull enough cash out of your rental property now to buy your forever home and, and, and now you're at a break-even point, you could be at a monthly loss down the road when it comes to your rental income. So we have to weigh that scenario, too. So we really have to look at both sides, Robin, of this equation in order to really get a, a good answer. I don't know what the numbers look like. I don't know what the costs look like. I don't know the time frame on all that stuff, but it would be, you know, be an interesting uh, scenario to really work on. We put that into a financial plan and really take a good look at it from, from all different aspects. I'm not saying, no, don't do it, and I'm not saying, run out and do it. I'm saying we need to analyze this because there's definitely two sides to this. At, at the end of the day, too, when you're in your forever home, boy, it'd be sure, it sure would be nice to have as lot of maximum, you know, as much maximum cash flow from those rental properties as possible. So we have to sort of address that, too. And that's the way everything goes okay. into the equation. So listen, this is what I'll do. I'll put you on hold, and Bob will get your information, your contact information. We'll have one of our advisors reach out to you next week and sort of take a deep dive on this Thank and give you an analysis for it, okay? Thank you. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. I'm going to put you on hold here, Robin, just one second. You're listening to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring, 855-ROSE-123. Let's welcome Marv on the, uh, is that, uh, Mary on the line. Sorry, Mary from uh, Florida. Good morning, Mary. How are you today? Great. How are you guys? We're doing well. How can I help you? Um, I'm 69. I'm retired. I own two homes. They're paid off. I have a Vanguard fund that's 50-50, bonds and stocks, and then I have two annuities. One's guaranteed lifetime, and one is pay a certain amount for 15 years and then a lower amount the rest of the life of the annuity. They're both indexed. And with what's going on in our economy, I'm trying to decide what in the world to do. I need a second opinion. So the indexed annuity should not have any market losses. Is it linked to a, uh, an index? Um, and then what was the other type of annuity again? A guaranteed lifetime. So that's in the payment stage already, right? There, there's no yes, market risk seven. there. They're just paying you. Yeah, there's really nothing you can do about that right there other than maybe contact the company and find out if it's an annuity that, that since it's in the payment system, if the payments are fixed, some of them are fixed, some of them actually can go up with the market or inflation pressures. So let's find out um, what, what, uh, what type of payment you have on that. That's the first question. And other than that, there's really nothing to do on that one, Mary. Most likely it's a fixed payment that's going to remain at this level for, for life for you, uh, or for however long the term of the contract lasts. The second one is the one that we could do some work on. And and depending on the type of an annuity it is, you said it's an indexed annuity. It's probably linked to a, a position that doesn't go down if the market goes down, or it may only go down a certain percentage point uh, and, and, and cut off the losses at the bottom, but it also cuts off the gains at the top. 
Listen, Mary, this is what I need to do here. I'm just I'm getting music in my ears, which means we've got about 37 seconds left in the show. I'm going to place you on hold, and I'll pick you up as soon as I'm done closing out the show. Just one second. Appreciate it. Well, uh, we'll be back next Saturday. Hey, you know, that went by pretty quick today, Chris. So for Bob in the back and Chris McKay, I'm Larry Rosenthal. Hey, check out my website, LarryRosenthal.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter, and then you'll be getting some information on our upcoming webinars. We're going to be doing one on IRA expertise and market commentary uh, updates. So for Bob in the back and Chris McKay, I'm Larry Rosenthal. Have a wonderful week. We'll We'll be back next Saturday with another session of Making Money Sense. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.